Bokatov, we are continuing Sefer Yoshua, 10th chapter, 28th Pasuk. What? 29th. Well, we'll go back to the 28th because it's a starting point. So, so far, what we, what we did is the people of Giv'on made a peace treaty with Israel, slyly, but they, they did make the peace treaty and the Jews committed to it. The nations of the south, the kings of the south of Israel, they come and they attack Giv'on. And the Givonites come to Israel and they say, please help us, save us, we're being attacked. The Jews do it, which is actually pretty noble of them because just because they have a peace treaty doesn't mean they have, it's an alliance of military defense. So they go and they help them. And they defeat five kings in that process. Okay? Then yesterday we discussed what they did to the kings. They, hit, they, they got them stuck in a cave, then they put their legs on their necks, and then they hanged them and they took them down and they buried them in the caves. Now, as a result of that, Yoshua is then going to attack a number of other cities that are in the south. So once he takes on these five kings head-on, there are a number of other cities that he's going to now destroy and, and defeat in war. And that's basically, it's going to be told to us in the kind of like a summary form. So this part's a little bit just redundant. It's, it's a little bit like uh, monotonous. It's, it's going to be just summarizing this battle, that battle. And this represents the conquest of all of southern Israel. When we finish this piece, we're going to get to the conquest of northern Israel. Okay? Why are these, like, just, like, paraphrased? Why isn't there... Probably because the battles are smaller than the battles of the five kings. So they're not... Meaning, it, it tells us in enough detail... Well, we'll read it, and then you'll see if you have the question. It's telling us in enough detail to, for, for our purposes. Okay? Pasuk kafchet. Ve'et makeda lachad Yoshua bayomahu. Yoshua struck Makeda on that day and he uh, struck it by the end of the sword and he killed the king them and all the people that were living there he did not leave anybody and he did to the king of Makeda as he did to the king of Yericho yesterday we explained that that means he just beat him in battle they didn't like hang him or do any, any, anything with him then they went to a city called Livna. And they attacked Livna. God gave also Livna to the hands of Israel. And also the king. They, killed, they destroyed the city by the edge of the sword. And they killed all the people within it. They did not leave anybody. And they did to the king as they did to the king of Yericho. Again, killing him in the course of battle. I mean, in the case of the battle against Ai, battle of Ai number two, he lifted his kidon, which is a spear. But I don't think that means, we don't have any exclusive, we don't, I don't think that means he exclusively is a man of the spear. And by the way, striking by the edge of a sword is also a euphemism in Tanakh. Meaning, it doesn't necessarily mean everybody was only using a sword in battle. It's the way you say in Tanakhic language that they won in war. Okay? They struck the city by the edge of the sword, meaning they won the city in war. Does it mean every last person was using a sword and nobody used a spear? No, they probably some of them had spears and some of them had, uh, I don't know, axes and whatever. The second thing was, is there any reference to spoils of war? Or is that just now assumed? It's, I think it's assumed that they take it at this point. It's assumed that they will take it. But no, there's no reference. Good question. Uh, 
This, that was a great question. I really like that question. Okay, and and Yeshua went, and all of Israel with him. They went from Livna to a place called Lachish. They they dwelt upon it and they attacked it. God gave Lachish in the hands of Israel. And they captured it on the second day. And they struck it by the edge of the sword. And all of the people who lived there. Exactly as they did to Livna. So here, the battle of Lachish, interestingly, takes two days. On the second day. Any, any, on the first day though. I'm trying to see if there's any chidush there. No, it doesn't. There's no. The Radak says it's just the second day that they... I mean, that, do, you know what, do you know what that tells you actually? It says specifically they conquered it on the second day. Do you know what that tells you? No, it's a more it's a more meta point. That the writer of Yoshua is being extremely accurate with his information. Because whether he whether they conquered it on the first day or the second day doesn't have that much relevance. Right? But the fact that he states such an such a such a detail means that he's he's really referencing what because there are by the way, there are biblical scholars or anti-Semitic historians who try to deny all of these things ever happened. So whenever you come to men, so you, you ask a question like that, if this is all just a fraud, that's, being, that's, a, that's, a, that's a myth that's being written by some, by some person who's trying to create Jewish history right, for, out of nothing, then why all the detail? Especially such a minute detail like this battle, out of the five that we're talking about in this segment, this battle, Took two days, you know. Uh, I, mean, I heard the same argument made with the construction of the Mishkan. The fact that the Mishkan was given was was constructed in such detail means that means that the, 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 again the same historians will say that the Jewish people never actually uh, came out of Egypt. They never wandered in the des- desert for forty years. They never had the Mishkan. They came. They 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 wrote the Bible in the time of Ezra. Right. That's a classic, a biblical uh, critic, you know, historian thing. So if you want to say that the Mishkan never existed. Then you have to answer why there's so much detail. Okay. It's a very odd thing. If you're making a story up, you're not going to insert so much detail. It's this specifically, this battle with Lachish, there's there's more there's more question against the people who tr- want to prove fraud when the author is being extremely detailed. Because yes. you you're only extremely detailed when you're capturing events that you're actually seeing. Yeah. Um, just you, you read in the beginning of the. They were they, they dwelt in the city and then they took it to second. No, the, um, meaning meaning they vayichanalea as they they encamped around it in preparation for war. They're sitting there encamping. They camped there for one night and then they attacked it the second day. Pasuk that was the battle of Lachish. Lamed Gimel thirty three. As Allah Horam Melech Gezer Lazoret Lachish. Then Horam king of Gezer comes to help the city of Lachish. And Yeshua struck him and his people until there was nobody remaining. Then Yeshua and all of the Jews with him, the Israelites with him, went from Lachish to a city called Eglon. They encamped around it and they did battle against it. They captured it on that day and they struck it by the edge of the sword. And so did they do to all the people that lived there. On that day they destroyed it. Exactly as they did to Lachish. Then they went to a city called Hebron. 
And they did battle against Hebron. That's an important one, why? by the way. Because Hebron is the, where Merat HaMachpelah is. It's the city of where our forefathers... It's, it's a city that has a lot of historical significance, even for the Jews of this time. Because that's where their forefathers are buried. So this is an important one. Okay, so they went from Eglon to a city called Hebron. They did battle against it. They captured it and they struck it by the edge of a sword. And the king and its, all of its cities and all of the people who lived there, they struck, they did not leave any remainder. As they did to Eglon in the previous battle, and they destroyed it and all of the people that lived there. Now there is a question. There is a question on the, on the conquest of Hebron. There's no way you'll know what the question is, but there is a big question on the conquest of Hebron. If you look later on in Yoshua in five chapters, the conquering of Hebron is going to be credited to a man named Kalev Ben Yifune, who we know from, uh, from the Torah, from the spies. And then his son-in-law, or his future son-in-law, is going to conquer one of the other cities around Hebron, which is called Devir. His son-in-law's name was Otniel ben Kenaz. So between Kalev and Otniel, they conquered, according to Yehoshua chapter 15, they conquered Hebron and they conquered Devir. So why is it telling us here that Yehoshua is the one who conquered Hebron? Yeah, I think that that's, that's the Peshat. That's one of the answers they give. The other answer they give is that Yoshua started the battle and Khalid finished the battle and then, and then Otniel even finished the finishing, finished after he finished the battle. Um, but I think, I think what it means is here we're going through like the overall like a highlights of the battles and Yoshua is the ranking officer. He's, he's, a, he's the general. Now when we go into the detail of the division of the, of the land like we do in chapter 15, We'll go into the minutia of how each and every battle was fought, and in this case, it was fought by means of Kalev and Otnia. Okay, so I think that's the so, the pesha. So this is not the entire army of Israel at each battle. It's like, like it, no. Right now, it's still it, it is still it is still seemingly the entire army of Israel. What seems to be the way things work in Sefer Yoshua is Yoshua does the main battles with all of the people of Israel fighting together. And then once the only remaining people are like the small villages that can be defeated by the remaining tribes on their own, Yoshua delegates that to each tribe as part of the process of inheriting their land. Because one of the questions we have is that Yoshua doesn't really finish the job. Because if, we see, if you see, we'll, we'll see clearly in Sefer Shofetim, in Sefer Shofetim there are plenty of enemies of Israel still around. And that happens right after the death of Yoshua. So... So Yoshua doesn't finish the job. So what we see is that what Yoshua's job was wasn't to literally route every last person, but it was to make the get, to rid, of the get rid of the real the real leadership, yeah. uh, the bigger biggest cities, and then the smaller cities and the small villages will be handled by the respective tribes as they inherit. And that's where Bnei Israel actually failed more than more than Yoshua, because the Jewish people are the ones who didn't do a good job of getting rid of the smaller cities within their respective tribes. So Yoshua did his job in defeating the, king, the, main, the main battles, winning the main saying, battles. They keep saying kol nefesh. Does that literally mean every human or all life, like animals and... Oh, I thought you were going to ask, does it literally mean that they killed every single human? Um, it's a moral question. I don't know. Uh, did they kill 
I don't know if Cold Nefesh. I don't know if. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I don't know if it means that they killed the women and the children. I, I doubt it. Um, I know that there's a debate about it. There's debate until all these, all these comments, all these comments about about the destruction of a city in its entirety. Is there a little bit of exaggeration being used, or is it to be taken as literally as as you think? Tough question to answer. Wait, let's just do one more paragraph because Devir is one of the sister cities of Hebron, and that's the next battle we fight. Yoshua returns and all of Israel with him to Devir and they, they do battle against it. They conquered it, its king and its cities, and they struck it by the edge of a sword. And they destroyed all the people who lived there. They did not leave anybody. As they did to Hebron, they also do to, to Devir. And as I said, Devir was later said to be conquered by Otniel, but so it seems like it was Otniel under the auspices of Yoshua. He struck the whole land, the mountain, the south, the lowlands, and the waterfalls. And all of their kings, he did not leave anybody. And all the souls they, they destroyed. Every living person they killed, as Hashem commanded Israel. He struck them from Kadesh Barnea to the city of Aza. And the whole land of Goshen. Until Giv'on. So it's like the whole southern area it's describing. It's describing the east, the mid-east of Israel. Meaning around like like probably like Dead Sea, nor- the northern part of the Dead Sea, all the way to Goshen, which we know is further down southwest, to Aza, and to the Givon, which seems to be further down English south. English, right? Gaza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why, where the G came from. Probably because it's a guttural. Because Aza is hard to say, so they added a letter there. Okay. okay. All these kings and their land, Yoshua conquered in one shot. He Adonai lo Israel, because God, the Adonai, the God of Israel, fights for Israel or fought for Israel. And Yoshua and all of Israel with him returned to their camp, Gilgal. That's where they started. They never left. That's where they started. They've never left Gilgal yet. They, they had three battles so far. Um, well, I mean, I mean, I'll tell you. They had they had Yericho, they had I one, I two, then they have Givon. And all of these are kind of part of the process of routing the whole southern area. Okay, so they happen on different days, but I, it's kind of like one unit. It's all of an out of Israel one battle. Basically. I, I mean, the way I just said it. No, it's not one battle, but uh, the way I just said it, meaning the uh, the the three larger, at least you could say the three larger conquests. The first conquest of Yericho, the second of Ai, the third of the south. And all of that they're doing while they're, the camp is still sitting in Gilgal. So now they return to Gilgal and uh, they go back to their camp. So when Yeshua is going through all these towns and all these villages or whatever, in Gezer, Eglon, Hebron, he's annihilating them and then moving on to the next one? Or he's like leaving people to settle there just to guard the town or protect it or something along those lines? I don't know. I think, I think they all return to Gilgal. I don't think they're settling there yet. I think they all return to Gilgal. I think they just destroyed and leave. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I think. Amen.